Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. Hope that you're doing well, because I'm doing well today. I'm believing in God to do great things in 2021. I don't know what you're dealing with today, but I want you to know that God sits on the throne. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind, and you're not alone. Welcome to the, the You're Not Alone podcast. Remember, we're more than just a podcast. We're a family. We're a family that believes, praying, and believing that God is going to turn things around in your life, my life, and all the people that we love and care about. So I don't know what you're going through today, but I want to tell you, God has given me a word to give you. And we're going to be talking about Mark chapter 3. Such a powerful chapter. It deals with this one guy who has a shriveled hand, a withered hand, and Jesus is going to heal him on a Sabbath day. Then we're going to run into the call of the disciples. I'm going to share my personal testimony about my call. Remember, God never calls to qualify. He qualifies to call. And for those who today lack or think that they are missing something, remember, perfection dwells inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit. So even on your worst day, you wake up perfect with perfection inside of you. So when you look in the mirror, when you wake up in the morning, say, I'm perfect because I got perfection dwelling inside of me, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us perfection. Remember, Jesus made a promise that he would not leave us alone, that he would give us a comforter who would come alongside by us and help us through the midst of our difficulties and our circumstances. And so I'm just excited because, you know, uh, March 19th for this podcast would be a day of universal prayer. But we're going to pray for all the places that this word has been heard from and to, for all the people that hear. We're going to ask God to bless our world, regardless of where, you, where you're from, what country, what state in the, in the United States. We're going to have a universal day of prayer for the world. We're going to ask God to bless the children around the world. We're going to ask God to bless families around the world. We're going to ask God to look out for the poor around the world. You know, I'm very excited because, you know, uh, within this month, uh, we're getting ready to have our first campaign for the poor. We're going to go out to the homeless sites in the city of Chicago and pass out gloves and hats to the people. I'm excited because my friend who pastored his church, his church is going to come us, come along. They're going to make tamales, and we're going to just celebrate God. And we're going to pray for some people's believing in some miracles that God is going to do something. Uh, during my fast, my 21-day fast in January, God showed me the importance of taking care of the poor. Because my, one of my goals is to read the Bible through this year. And I'm working on that as well. And I'm reading the Bible through on my knees. And so one of the things I did a podcast about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And the thing that stood out was the fact that his giving to the poor came up as a memorial to God for him. And then as I was reading the book of Galatians on my knees, when Paul went up to Jerusalem to visit Peter and James, Jesus' brother, the only thing that they reminded him to do is remember the poor. 
And I just did a, a podcast on Zacchaeus. And his statement was that he would give to the poor. Jesus said the poor would always be with us. So I hope that you're excited because this you are not alone family is going to support the poor. We're going to find crafty ways and witty ways to come up with ideas to do things, to bless people and bring about change. So I'm so excited. Like I said, today I've been reading from the NIV. We're going to be looking at Mark chapter 3. I'm going to talk about the withered hand. I'm going to talk about the call of disciples. I'm going to talk about the call of Danny Hampton. So I'm excited today. Hope that you're excited. I'm believing that God is going to do great things for you. I want to let you know once again, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. And you're part of this family. But you know how we do anything before we get started. We start out in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, God, I just thank you for the day. Father, I pray, Father, for your people. Father, I pray for the persecuted church because there is a persecuted church in this world right now. But people can't say your name freely. They can't say, I love Jesus. But I say it for them today. I say it publicly. I love Jesus. I can say it, God. Thank you for allowing me to be able to have that privilege to acknowledge you and not have to do it in secrecy. Father, I pray that the people who persecute your church, Father, that they will come into the knowledge of you, that they will love you and love your people. And whatever the enemy was trying to do in that life, they come into the glory. Just like in the book of Acts, when Peter said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you save their souls. I pray, Father, for the poor. I pray for the widows. I pray for the children and orphans, God, that you bless them. I pray for all the downcast, Father. I pray for the people in hospitals, the people in prison, that when they get out, Father, that they be able to hearken into your word and be able to walk in it. But people will give them true opportunities and second chances to follow you and believe in you. Father. I ask you to bless your people today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Boy, I hope that you're excited because I'm excited. I'm pumped up. I'm on fire. I love the Lord. You know, he's been just, he just been speaking to me the Holy Spirit. Been sharing things with me. It's such an honor when God speaks to you and share these things with you. And I want to talk about Mark chapter 3. And we're going to talk about how the Pharisees and the Herodians, they wanted to kill Jesus. Not because he was doing bad things, but because he was doing good things. That he was doing the things that he was called to do. Oh boy, we're going to really enjoy this because I'm going to get a chance to peel the, as they say, peel, peel the skin. I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about this because something is happening in this chapter and something is happening right now in this earth right now. So if you're dealing with oppression, if you're dealing with just, you just don't know what to do. But I know somebody who knows what to do for you in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your suffering. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I'm so excited to talk about this. Now, one thing about this podcast, you can play this message over and over as many times as you need to get it until you get it. But we're going to talk about this Jesus. And then eventually, we're going to eventually get to Acts chapter 3. Because we're going to see 
how these disciples, after Jesus ascended up, that they were able to imitate him. To be a disciple means to be an imitator. Everything that Christ did, they were able to do. Not one thing that he did on earth that they couldn't do. And that's powerful when you think about it. Not one thing that he did that they couldn't do. They raised the dead. The lame walk. Eyes were open. Oh, Lord. Peter's shadow held people. So I'm excited because we're going to dive in it. But you know, one of the things that I had started doing in 2020 was recognizing the places with people who listen to the podcast. Because, you know, this podcast was a thought. And it came out of tragedy. Came out of my son's death. But God gave me something to talk to the people about. To let them know that you are not alone. That you are not alone. That you are not stuck in the struggle. That you are not beat down. So I want to honor the people that honor the Lord and listen to this podcast. And I want to talk about these places so that we can all shout and see how big this family is. Now, remember this podcast started in August. And now we're in the second month of February. But since August, we have listeners in Illinois. We have listeners in South Carolina, in New York, Alabama, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, North Carolina, California. And you know, Alabama just recently joined, maybe like two days ago. And so God is, is getting, he's, he's expanded. He's spreading it out. But not only are we in eight states in the United States, but guess what? We're in six different countries. We're in Spain. We're in Russia. We're in Iran, the United Kingdom, Canada, and Belgium. You see, all it takes is one person willing to surrender and follow, follow God. We're going to talk about this. But I want to let you know that you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. He loves you with an everlasting love. Boy, do I got a word for you. And this word is going to set you in motion to understand that Jesus' name has authority and power. Now, we're going to go to, I'd like to read from the NIV, Mark chapter 3. We're first to dive into the word. Let's dive into it. Another time, he went into the synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Do you know that there's haters? That, you know, Jesus was going about doing good. They were jealous of his ministry. They were jealous of what he was doing. And Jesus wasn't doing it for him. What they didn't understand, Jesus was only glorifying his father. It wasn't about him. It was about his father. 
It wasn't about Jesus' name being glorified. It was about his father being exalted to let the world know that there was only one true God. That there wasn't a God that's on a statue or a God that's in a photograph. But it's this God that's invisible that makes himself visible in the visible world. It's still being visible. This is the, this is the God Jesus was following. But he had some people that was watching him to see what he was going to do on this day. To see what he was going to do on this day. The Sabbath. Could you imagine being so self-righteous that you couldn't let God do what he needed to do? But you was going to be caught up in seeing if he's going to do good. The Bible says clearly, don't call good evil and don't call evil good. The things that Jesus was supposed to be doing, they were supposed to be rejoicing and celebrating. They were supposed to be screaming that the Messiah has came. But no, but because of the stubbornness in their hearts and, and minds, they couldn't see God. They didn't want to see God. They wanted to see themselves. So as we go on in verse 3, Jesus said to the men with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Let me tell you something. Sometimes Jesus will call you out to do things in the public. And this is what he's doing. He's calling this man out directly to do something in the public. This is what you call faith. Just taking a step in the, in the unseen, believing that, that if God tells you it's going to work out, even if you don't know what it's going to work out. But you got to understand, this man is desperate. And the reason for him being desperate was, guess what? He was paralyzed. He couldn't work and take care of himself. He couldn't do the natural things that a man could do with two functioning hands. He was dependent on others. But what they didn't realize, Jesus saw his tears. Jesus saw how this was affecting him. In his mentality. They couldn't see it that way. They only saw it from a different vantage point. About Jesus trying to take from them. Jesus is not trying to take from them. Jesus is trying to give something. And he's trying to give. He's trying to give love to someone that's hurting. So let me tell you right now. If you need love, call on Jesus. If you need love, call on Jesus. Boy, I'm so pumped up, so on fire for God, turning my insides around. I, I'm, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. I'm calm down. Then it says this. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Because I want the world to see the wonderful working powers of God. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath to do, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent because you know why? See, when you got haters around you and when you tell them the truth, they begin to hide. They begin to run because they don't know what. They don't know what to do. 
because they're frustrated. And so we're going to go there. We're going to go to verse 5. And he looked around at them in anger. Jesus was angry. He was in anger. And deeply distressed. See, if you don't think that God got feelings or he didn't have emotions. Do you know this is why in Hebrew says that whatever you've been through, he's been through. Because you see, he was angry. He was distressed at their stubbornness heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. And let me tell you about faith. Could you imagine your hand being struggled? And someone say, stretch it out. Something that you never did. Never been able to exercise any of these muscles. But you take this, you just begin to shake and you begin to just take your hand and you just move it out. Then you look at it. You say, oh my God. Look what God has done. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Now check this out. They go to haters. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. You mean you're going to kill him because he blessed the men to be able to be a man? Be able to live? He had been doing this his whole ministry. They hated him because he did good. So sometimes you got haters, don't, don't hate. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. Trust in God. Jesus, now we're going to go to verse 7. It says, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd followed from Galilee. Followed. And when they heard all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Eludium, in the region across Jordan, Tyre, and Sidon. Guess what? I'm going to get my blessing. People started running, coming from everywhere because they heard about this Jesus who was doing these extraordinary things on the earth that people were being healed and being made whole. I got to get there. When Jesus show up in your life, be ready to receive. And remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And he loves you with an everlasting love. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. For he had healed many so that those with diseases were pushing for it. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to get mass. You're talking to Jesus. That's how you talk. You got to talk to him. I ain't going nowhere until I get mass. Talk to Jesus like that. I ain't going nowhere until I get mass. I ain't going nowhere until I get mass. Did you see that? They pressed, they pressed their way through. They wasn't running. They was pressing their way through. And check this out. If you don't think Jesus had power, just not with mankind, but he has power with the demonic forces of this world. In verse 11, it says, Whenever the evil spirit saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the son of God. 
but he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. It wasn't about him. It was about God. God's little word that he gave his only begotten son. So you got to understand. He has power. He has dominion. On the earth, they recognized him, fell down, worshiping. And he gave them strict. Don't you say out who I am. Keep it to yourself. And you know what they did? They obeyed. Even the fallen obey Jesus. This is how powerful this Jesus that we serve. Now, the reason why personally I love this chapter, and I'm going to peel it back to you and talk about me for a minute. Because, you know, sometimes you got to let people know how you got to where you got to. See, I'm one of these unlearned people that the Lord uses. Now, my story goes back to Christmas morning, December 2001, at 2.03 a.m. in the morning. I remember hearing an audible voice say, get up! It's your hour in time. Go read Mark chapter 3. And I fell out of the bed on the floor and said, oh, there's no Mark chapter 3 in the Bible. And as I begin to read Mark chapter 3, I read about this guy with the scribble hand. Not knowing what's the whole context of this chapter. What's going to happen next? The call of God. Saying, I'm going to take you, Danny, from where you at even though you're in a fallen state I'm going to take your life and I'm just to take it and change it God now we're going to talk about this I, I, I want you to understand this when Jesus wants you he doesn't need nobody's approval it's not like in the United States where we have a Congress we have a Senate we have a judiciary. We got all these things. But when God wants you, he wants you. He don't have to confer with no angels. He ain't got to confer with no one. All he got to do is want you. And all you got to do is want him to want you. Let's go to verse 13. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed the twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, and that they might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. And you see, the word might is the very big thing, so I want you to know. When God calls you, you got to get through the mic because guess what? In one of these 12 that he's going to choose, it's going to be the person that's going to betray him. That's going to help him get to the cross. And guess what? Jesus did not hate Judas. He loved them. Because this is how you know. If you go into this, this gospel and you read about Judas, Judas was part of the leadership. He held on to the money. So in other words, he had to have a trust, trustworthy integrity. He had to be someone. 
that God could put that trust in. And the people around him saw him as an honorable man. And sometimes the mighty do fall. And let's go to verse 16. These are the 12 he appointed. Simon, to he gave the name Peter. To James, the sons of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the names Bojernus, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thaddeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. Could you imagine? God himself saying, Daddy, come here. I want you. And you know that you're unworthy. See, I don't see myself worthy. Anything that happens to me is only because of the grace and mercy of God. It's not anything in me. I have no abilities. I have no special powers. I'm just a simple, just common, just love God. Nothing special about me. Just love God. Just want to be used by him. That's the honest truth. I'm not some sort of mastermind. I'm not some sort of great person. I'm just a simple person willing to be used by God. No special powers, but just believe in the love of God. <clears throat> so he chose them. Then check this out. I'm going to show you how the enemy is always trying to steal God's glory. He's a hater. He's a hater. He's a hater. In verse 20, it says, Then Jesus entered a house. Again, a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. Do you understand that those people knew that God was there? They said they couldn't even eat. That meant that they were so tight in this little room, so tight in this little room, that they could not even eat. And when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. And they said, he is out of his mind. See, this is what happened. Now, this Jesus, who grew up with his brothers and sisters and his mother, he's out here declaring that he's the son of God. All kind of miracles is happening. This is just too much for his family. Because, see, they didn't know what God had for him. They didn't know what God had for him and what he had to do for God. In verse 22, it says this, And the teachers of the law who came down for Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, the prince of the demon. He is driving out demons. They took and blasphemed the Holy Spirit. The third person, Trinity, 
the power of God. Someone who's a perfect gentleman. Doesn't take any honor and glory for himself, just like Jesus doesn't take no honor and glory, but believes in God. Doesn't, doesn't make it be about him. The Holy Spirit is here right now with me and you. We have perfection inside of us. And it's not about him. It's about making sure whatever Jesus wants us to know be known. And so they're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Put him down. The audacity to talk about the Holy Spirit. So Jesus called them and, and spoke to them in a parable. See, now this is, now this is an, allegory, an allegory. Jesus is getting ready now. He has to confound them because he, they didn't get him frustrated. Remember, he had anger. And so he's going to speak to them in a parable. And he's going to and say this, how can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, the house cannot stand. And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand. His end has come. This is what Jesus said. Fools! No one is going to be against himself. So, you can't call just good things that I'm doing, people being healed, demons coming out. You can't say that it's the devil. But when people want to lie on you, they'll say all kind of things to lie on you. Because guess what? It's about self-glorification. They don't want to acknowledge that he's the son of God. They don't want to acknowledge that he has dunamis, that he's doing what is written in the Old Testament, that he is Christ, the anointed one, the one that they should be yelling out Messiah to. But now they want to kill him. Want to lie on the Holy Spirit, want to do all kinds of despicable and wild things. And so, in verse 27, he says, In fact, no one can enter a strong man's house and carry off his possession unless he first ties up the strong man. Then he can rob his house. I tell you the truth. All the sins and blaspheme of men will be forgiven them. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. You talking about got the Holy Spirit back. Jesus himself declares, anybody who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit would never be forgiven. He is guilty of eternal sin. Means that it ain't going away. Understand this. God has a plan. Jesus does what the Father wants him to do. The Holy Spirit does what Jesus won't done. Order, just order succession. Decently in order. All these things are happening. He said this because they were saying he has an evil spirit. They lied on God. Said that God was evil. 
And all he was doing, as we looked in chapter 3, was going around doing good, healing. This guy with this withered hand, who, just think, who wasn't able to work, wasn't able to do the things that he needed to do as a man, couldn't truly worship, couldn't lift up both his hands and say hallelujah, lift his hands to God. But on the Sabbath day, that Sabbath day, he was able to lift his hands and glorify God. And they wanted to take that from him. Well, this is the, this is the remarkable part because we're coming to the end. In verse 31, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived standing outside. They sent someone to call him, and a crowd was sitting around him. And they told him, your mother and brother are outside looking for you. Then Jesus just comes back. The call of God is on every man and woman on the face of the earth. The call of God is for every man and woman on the face of the earth. Even children. He says this. Who are my mother and my brother, he asks. Then check this out. Could you imagine God's eyes upon you? Because he's going to take his eyes and put it on his people. Then he looked at, the, at those cities. In a circle around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother, sister, and mother. Open up to everybody. The call of God is for everybody. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God loves you with an everlasting love. Just trust him. I want to tell you I love you. If you have any prayer requests, please send it in. Because I'm excited to talk about God and his goodness today. And let's close in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, because your name is the same today as it was yesterday. It has the same power that it has. Oh, Father, just such an honor to talk about you and glorify and magnify you. Father, I pray that you bless your people. That you give them an upbeat heartbeat. God, I love you. I want to tell y'all that I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you, uh, I can't wait to the next moment that I record, the next word that God gives me to speak. I want to tell you that we are family. Remember, March the 19th is a universal day of prayer for this podcast show, that we're going to pray and believe that God is going to change our world. I love you. Bye-bye. Talk to you later.